Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Hockey Town West podcast. Here to talk all things Griffins, Firebirds, and Walleye are your hosts, Nick Harrington and Brandon Cook. Uh, this team is doing what it did to me last year. Builds what? me up one game, brings me down the next game, builds me up the next game. But hey, at least there's cool jerseys to bid on sometimes. It uh, numbs the pain. <laughs> and then you look at your wallet and you're like, oh, new pain. Uh, anyways. Yeah, this is a post-Thanksgiving weekend episode where we have two fun games to cover. Well, one fun game to cover, one painful game to cover. I mean, they they were both fun. The experiences tonight were fun. For some. Yeah, they were fun in different ways. Yeah, was, yeah, they, both games were fun in different ways. That's, a, that's the best way to explain this weekend. I so. was like... They won Friday, right? Michigan won yesterday. The Red Wings won Friday. The Red Wings win today. I'm like, all right, Griffins are going to get the clean sweep here for me this weekend. Nope. I even brought my good luck charm, and that didn't work. You didn't bring me. I mean, you were there. (laughs) Yeah, Marie and I have not seen a game live where the team has lost. A home team. Well, welcome back to reality. <laughs> yeah, it's so odd. And we've been to like six games now, so yeah, she had fun. Anyways, before we jump into this, we have the Hockey Town West podcast. I'm your host, Brandon. And I am Nick. He is. And I'm, I'm fully back. No, no sickness, no lingering effects. We are good to go for I don't know how many more days. Yeah, I let's see how long this high lasts. <laughs> yeah, I because I feel like COVID's still going around, and that's going to be the probably the next thing that I'm going to end up getting here soon. So don't don't say these things. Don't say these things. Oh, get ready. Uh, well, at least we're getting better at recording remotely. We are recording remotely again for everyone listening, uh, just because time sake. When you try to cram in going to a game, uh, coming home, re- eating food, so you can be a human being, and uh, then record and edit in the same night and get it out by Monday morning. Uh, the remote is going to be the way to go tonight, and it's snowing. It's freaking snowing, which is good. I'm glad it's it stayed till after November, till after Thanksgiving. That's fair. I know I got on the S curve after leaving the game, and I was like, "Oh, there's actually snow on the ramp." Oh, okay. Let me not drive like I would normally. Got to be a little bit more careful out there. Gotta slow down. But let's jump into this Friday game. Let's start here. Yeah, Friday game for the Griffins. Because it, that was that was fun. It's one of your favorite games to go to. It is like probably my favorite game to go to. The Teddy Bear Toss game. It's just such a cool hockey tradition. I went. I was thinking during it. I'm like, why doesn't the NHL do this? Why does it stop at the AHL level? I don't know. That's a good question. 
I didn't even know anything about this until last year when you brought me. Well, I mean, I had the tickets already. You brought me. Yeah, I brought you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't get why it stops at the AHL level. It, it's done in the ECHL. It's done in the AHL. It's done in the OHL. It's done in all the leagues below the NHL. But you can't have fun in the NHL. You can't even wear a mask on Native American heritage night. Yeah, it's starting to become the no fun league. It really is. Props to Mark Andre Fleury for actually wearing that mask. Uh, how much? How much did he get fined for that? I don't think they've announced anything from it, but I know as I checked this morning, the auction for it was up to fifteen thousand six hundred dollars. That's what I had thought too. So they turned it into raising money for a good cause out of Gary Bettman being stupid. So there you go. It's not hard to do. Not hard to do. It's really not. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Teddy Bear Toss game against the Manitoba Meese. I mean, Moose. Um, I don't know if you saw prior to this game, the Griffins threw a little troll at the Moose and up on the scoreboard where they were doing their morning skate, it, where it says the team names, it had Griffins on the Griffin side and it had Mooses on the other side. So they were the Manitoba Mooses. No, I did not see that. I don't know why they did it, but it, it made me laugh. So anyways, Jump into this game here. Good crowd on a Friday night, day after Thanksgiving. Great crowd. Way better than I expected. It was a fantastic crowd. 8,400 was the attendance in that one. Not a sellout, but it was loud. And people were definitely uh, rambunctious and feeling themselves after being stuck at home with their family on Thanksgiving. And not like an offensive rambunctious either. Just like people were ready to have a good time. Like it It was good. It was a good crowd. It brought out... I feel like this game brings out the good hockey crowd. It always does. Because you know what the bad hockey crowd is. It's yeah. their home pucks on the ice, not Teddy Bears. In this ahead, game, Michael Hutchison gets the start here. Not what you or I expected. We expected to see Kosa in this one since Hutch started the last game they played. But uh, Hutch gets to, gets to go here. And he uh, ended up playing a fantastic game, but we'll get there. So the game gets started. And with this game, as a fan, you're always wondering, is this going to be the Teddy Bear Toss game where the home team doesn't score at all? That That's literally what I was thinking going into this. Like, it's always a concern of mine. But usually the Griffins get it done pretty quickly. And in this one, they did. Two minutes, ten seconds in, Tyler Spezia gets his third of the season. Wastes no time to let the Bears fly. Uh, assisted by Johansson and Edmondson on this one as well. And I would say... They didn't give us a final tally of bears, but uh, I would say pretty good amount of bears. They had more bears than they had bags. <laughs> like they did. They, they had to go back. To get, they had these cardboard boxes up for the bears, which was easy to do. And then uh, after a few minutes, they had to bring out the bags to 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 bag the bears. But do they typically give us a total or no? I thought they did in the past, but I mean. If they didn't, maybe that's a good sign that there was that many that they were not going to count them up that quickly. Um, but hey, I, it, it it was a good turnout. It was better better than last year's, I would say, oh, by far. Okay. I I recorded it. I got hit in the <laughs> I got hit in the arm with a bear. So uh, the the footage that we have posted uh, goes a little wobbly about that time. So uh, you I can clearly see it too. Yeah. Oh yeah. You, you can see it. It's so funny. It's, it's like oh boom boom. <laughs> I got hit, but it's all right. <laughs> no bears were harmed in the in the teddy bear toss, which was important. That's that's true. Um, but yeah, Griffins get a fast and early good start on that one there. 
Um, but that was it for goals in that period. Griffins outshoot the Moose 11 to 9 in that period. Uh, good chances on both ends. Starting to get a little chippy between the two teams, but nothing too crazy. Uh, Hutchinson seen the puck really well, making some really key glove saves. I noticed his glove uh, in this game was just way better than I've seen it all season. Uh, I don't know if he was just flashing it more, because uh, he was definitely being more flashy with his movements in this game. He definitely was. <laughs> uh, but anyways, second period comes around about 13 minutes into that period. The guy who needed a goal probably more than anybody else in this team who's been criticized much of lately, uh, Joel Esperance gets his first of the season, assisted by Crotanis and Marco Casper. Uh, that you know line. Why? What? You know why he scored, right? Why? Because you wore your Joel Valeno jersey that night instead of your last I know. Jersey. I, I didn't wear the Lesby jersey, wore the Valeno when he scored. And I, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny. You're onto something there. Um, but yeah, no. Good to see him get a goal. He, you could tell by the celebration he needed that one big time, and uh, it, it, it's just good to see. He's he's a guy that was one of the leading scorers on this team last season, and to be kept off the score sheet all the way to this point in the season was pretty crazy. So getting him on there is good. And then uh, that was it again for that period. Only one goal scored, two nothing coming out of this one. Shots were tied in that period, eleven to eleven. Uh, another hard fought period between both teams more penalties in this period uh, on both sides. It was very evenly called in this game to that point. Uh, I didn't have any complaints about the officiating that night. I thought they let them play, but they called the obvious stuff. And we go on to the third. And into the third is kind of where the floodgates opened up a little more for Grand Rapids. You know, nothing going on, but the uh, Griffins get a power play four minutes-ish into the period, and Bergen makes sure the Moose pay for that power play, and he gets his third of the season with uh, Hiroshi and Edmondson assisting on that one. And no Selly from Fergie. No Selly. No Selly at all. Hasn't celebrated really many of his goals. Straight business. He sniped that shot, too. Right. Oh, it was gross. Oh, Oh, that's the the Bergie snipes we need to see. I like those. Uh, and then 12 minutes, 26 seconds in this period, Hiroshi gets his fifth of the season with Zarnik getting on the score sheet with the assist on his first game back in Grand Rapids. Uh, Berggren getting the assist on that as well on the power play. So two power play goals in this game. Love to see that. It's crazy. I mean, in this economy? Games, most games we can't even get a, pa- a power play. So to have six in this game was huge. And then to get two goals on them. Yeah. That was, uh, yeah, like I said, officiating. No complaints on this one. Uh, but the Griffins weren't done scoring there. Uh, 17 minutes, 11 seconds into the period. Lesperance gets his second of the season and second of the game with Casper and Rafferty assisting on those goals, or that goal there. And, you know, you think, okay, 5 nothing. That's 17-minute mark of the period. Let's no one say the shutout word. Somebody must have said it. Because nine seconds left, the Moose do get a goal. I was so mad. I was so sad. Like, that was just like, oh. Like, you guys couldn't keep him out of the zone a little bit longer. And it was but, shorthanded, too. Yeah, I'm sure Wadi wasn't happy about that one. I mean, he'd be happy about the win, but that's a that's a goal that nobody's happy about giving up right there. But overall, great game. Griffins win this one 5-1. to one. Michael Hutchinson getting first start of the game. Les Browns getting second start. And Hiroshi getting the third start of the game. 
Hutchinson stopped 29 of 30, obviously. And Colin Delia, who had the start in net for the Moose, stopped 32 of 37. He had a rough, rough, rough night. Um, overall, thoughts on this game, sir? So I thought when they came out of like into the end of the first period, like they just came out fast. They you could tell the Griffins were either one excited that Austin Sarnik was back, or two, they were ready to play their game. Like they took it to Manitoba the entire game. Uh the what I really liked, this was the best game that I had seen from them all all season. They the power play they were moving, they were cycling the puck, they were passing it the passes were on the tape uh second period i looked at you at one point and i said you know typically this is a turnover right here and ends up in the back of our net and it didn't they were able to clear the box they were able to control the turnovers it was the best 59 minutes in 51 seconds i've seen them play um i mean that shorthanded goal with nine seconds left sucks it was a killer it came on the outside like near the blue line and it was just a it was just a a weak shot, really. Like harmless. Nobody thought anything of it. And um and I all I just see there was a goal line. I'm like, dang, this sucks. So I think like Austin Sarnik really gave him a lot of energy coming back. And I mean, this was the most complete game. So I was I was pumped. I was like, I know like we didn't do a pre we didn't do a pre episode uh for this team based off the holiday schedule and everything. Yeah. And I and I asked you when we got to it, um, you know, where is Manitoba in the standings? And you're like, oh, they're right behind us. So I'm like, okay, well, this should be a pretty evenly matched team. We should be pretty good. And we blew them out of the water. I mean, five to one, like that's that was huge. And I I thought play on both sides was very good. Like offense, defense, neutral zone. Like we were gaining the entry. We were cycling the buck. Like everything looked fantastic. Yeah, I would agree. This was the best that I had seen them look against a team uh, so far this season. But I had to really check myself because I remembered after the Chicago game, I was like, wow, that's the best they've looked all season. And then remember where Chicago sits in the standings and had to also remember, hey, this is where Manitoba sits in the standings. We should be playing good against teams like this, but this isn't what we see out of every game for this team. Unfortunately, Zarnik though looked great. Uh, obviously, slots right in and fits in perfectly on this team, no matter where he's going to end up at. Uh, I thought the line matchups were perfect for the night. The only one I'm still questioning is why Amadeus is buried on the fourth line at center there, but he's helping get that line moving, which is key. I think. I think that would be the reason it's probably happening. I mean, I look at just like a player like Tyler Spezia. You know, since we went on our rant a couple episodes back talking about the fourth line needing to do something. And Tyler Spezia is a plus five. I think he might have the highest plus five, plus minus on the team. He does. Um, like Amadeus is making guys that are around him better and continuing to produce at each, or no matter what line he's on. And he's not yet producing enough on the score sheet, I don't think. And I think that's has some people questioning and upset about like what he's been doing so far. But once you sit down and watch his play, you can see what he's doing more and more. And I mean, God, the kid draws penalties like no other with how quick and how much he tries to force himself into the zone. He, that right there, his value in just drawing penalties so far when he's playing on the fourth line is crucial on this team. 
Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought Ammo played. He was he's so noticeable on the ice. You could tell when he's going like he does make everybody else better. And I think that's why, you know, he Watson has him on that fourth line. It's not to bury him. I think it's more of like to get shine going. It's to get Spezia going. It's to get it's to get these guys going. And he has the ability to put, you know, Sarnik is back. He's a first line center, you know, Ganger. He can play first line center as well. And then you have Casper's on there too. So, I mean, he's got the flexibility to move these guys around up and down the lineup. And then, I mean, Taro can play center as well. So, I mean, he's yeah. got the flexibility to do it. He's just trying to find this chemistry. Because, like, this team still... I mean, the team clicked really well Friday. I thought we were going to see more of that moving forward. I was hoping. Well, overall, full team, a good game. There's a good amount of shots put on net. Anything I said, Griffin's ended with 37 shots. Manitoba ended with 30. Just overall, good game. Getting shots on net, keeping limited amount of, uh, coming at us. One thing that I do want to mention, too, with this is the scratches that they had. McIsaac was out. Tuomista was out. Elmer Soderblom was out. And then Wyatt Newpower was out. So, McIsaac's been rotating. 2-0, just missing. And then Elmer's been... Yeah, where's 2-0? No, no, I don't know. Is he on the bench? No, he's not. On, he... None of the scratches sit on the bench. They sit up in the uh, whatever section that is, 201 or 221, something like that. I don't know. Should we make a field trip? <laughs> and see if he's up there. Um, and then I mean, why it's been ro- why it's been rotating out in and out as well. So I mean, it's not right. Those two aren't surprises. Elmer's battling the flu or cold or something. It's still going around. Yep. So. So. Yeah, it, it, they were. They said before the game that Elmer was battling that flu bug. Uh, hoped he would be back for Sunday. He was not. Um, as we shift into the Sunday chat here, so you come into the Sunday game, Hispanic Heritage Night, which is always a fun one so far. I mean, it's only the second time they've done it to our knowledge, but we had a good time last year, and we had a good time again this year. They, I felt like last year it was way more packed. I feel like well, last was year wasn't a, it like a Friday or Saturday, not a Sunday. Yeah, and it was later in the season. They did it in like March or April or somewhere like that. Which, to be fair, packing the arena with the team last year was an accomplishment. So. <laughs> right. So I was I was disappointed that there wasn't more people. But you also mentioned it's holiday weekend. People are still coming back or whatnot. And it was a weird game time. It was at five o'clock. Typically, yeah. Sunday. Sunday games are at like noon. No. One. No. No? Like four or five. Yeah. Yeah. It was, a, it was, a, the vibe was weird, but also, again, I had a good time. Um, I think they really do a good job of trying to tie everything all together music, the jerseys, the everything else they do. The bobbleheads. Uh, with this game. The bobblehead. It's a sweet bobblehead. I opened it up when I got home. It's sweet. I haven't opened it yet. I'm hoping it's not broke. Jesus. What? Um, well, sometimes they do get broken in there. They do. You're right. That would suck. But with this so. one here, we, uh, after seeing what we saw Friday night from the Griffins, we kind of go into this one assuming, okay, well, rinse and repeat. Let's do it again. And then before the game starts, we see the lineups get shared. And the thing that surprised me the most was that Michael Hutchinson got back to back starts this weekend. There was no COSA. No COSA. Not injured or anything. He was on the bench for, and he was on the ice for warmups. He was there, 
So no, nothing to read into on that end. Just just no Kosa tonight. No Kosa this weekend at all in Grand Rapids. I think he had played like the last three out of four or something like that too, though. Is that yeah, right? I mean, I just know that's a question. As soon as we had shared lineups on Twitter, uh, everyone's like, uh, where's coast? He's there. He just needed the night off. Yeah. And he dressed, he was out there for warmups. Cause I looked for that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you got to think back to Texas that Saturday night, he wasn't on at all. He had the night off completely. Then they didn't play again until Friday. And, he was obviously the backup and then backed up again tonight. So he's had a sustained amount of time off here. He, I, if somebody said they, he was sick, right? It's very possible. I mean, Hutch so, was sick for a minute there too. So there's still something back. floating around that, that locker room. Yeah. But Hutch gets to start in this one again. Oscari Salmanin uh, gets to start for Manitoba, which if we remember last year, he was a goaltender that could steal games against us and he did quite a bit and he i would say played very well tonight yeah so griffins uh, get st- or, uh, we start in this one here i to start slow on both sides here but the griffins were uh we're getting they were maintaining the possession of the puck for a while there good pressure in the offensive zone uh really just kind of seeing in the first period what we saw friday night Nothing nothing seemed to slow down. They kind of came out fast and ready to go. And 11 minutes, 52 seconds into this period, Austin Zarnick gets his third of the season with Berggren and Hirose assisting. And right there, I'm thinking, okay, yeah. Here we go again. Game. Yeah. We're going to score one this period, score one the next, and score four in the third, and we'll go home happy. Well, Manitoba answered back about four and a half minutes later. Just high the game to go into uh, to end the first tied one to one. Nah, ideal, but it is what it is. Shots in that period: Griffins thirteen, Manitoba six. Shout out to the Griffins for really solving the shot differential problem in the first period of the game. Yeah, we have not seen a game where the opposing team has rung up twenty two shots in the first on us uh, in a couple weeks now, and that's 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 good. So. Jump in the second period here. Well, second period was all Manitoba. 10 minutes, 30 seconds, 37 seconds in, they get their second of the game, and then their third of the game about three minutes later there, taking a 3-1 to one lead into the third period. Shots in that period, Manitoba 13, Grand Rapids 7. They flipped the script entirely on us. The Griffins came out of the locker room in that period. I don't know what was said in the intermission. If it was, hey, take the rest of the night off, guys. Have a good night. Or what? but they just didn't look like they existed. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. Third period, luckily three minutes to 22 seconds in, Giannis and Peregrine gets his fourth of the season, assisted by Hiroshi and Edmondson. And at least we thought we had a shot there to get within one. But again, just another period where we were very, I, I felt we were flat-footed based on what I saw, but the shots don't reflect that at all. So I, I don't I don't know if my brain just wasn't processing hockey correctly while I was watching it in person, but it felt like Manitoba was running us up and down the ice, and maybe maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but we had eleven shots to two in that period and couldn't tie it up. Yeah, I feel like there was a decent amount of time spent in the Manitoba zone, but it was all out towards the edge, and shots that were coming in towards Salmon and weren't weren't quality by any means. And Griffins dropped this one three to two. It hurt. 
Yeah, this hurt. Uh, Especially seeing that there was only two shots in the third period against us. And uh, Yeah, I didn't see that in real time. And seeing it when I looked at these score sheets when I got home, I was like, oh, really? Yeah. And the, the shots on that, 21 to 31, uh, Grand Rapids with 31. I mean, that it felt like that game, the game was mainly in Manitoba's end. Uh, we had a couple five on two, like five on three penalty, like power play opportunities. And I think that's where a lot of our shots came from. And even at the end, we like pulled their goalie and we had an extra guy up and we were, I mean, they were pushing for it at the end there uh, to get those, to get the tying goal. And I kind of thought we were going to until about what, 10 seconds it like left. And they took that face off into the, at the center ice. And the guy just stepped on the puck. Killed all time, yeah. killed all every like it was it was over at that point. But uh we came out with a power we came out with two man advantage and we had good chances down at the end. We just couldn't bury anything. And that's this was in the second period. And we had we hit two posts. And I I really think that was the turning point of the game is if we would have buried one or two of those opportunities. This would have been a whole different game. The third period, I felt like it was just literally dump and chase, clogged up at the blue line, picked off passes of, like, we telegraphed passes. They knew where we were going. So we had, like, a lot of turnovers right there at that blue line going into the offensive zone. So, I mean, it it was the most boring version of hockey. Like, I, we saw this a lot last year with Chicago. It was just shoot it down, dump and chase. The other team would do it, line change. All right, do it like rinse and repeat. That's how I felt like that third period was. I was so irritated. Yeah, it was super, super frustrating period for me. Uh, I just, I, I, I don't know where the team that played in the first period went. Yeah, that's the thing. It, it literally they came felt like out a flying. Team. I don't understand what happened. Um, Maybe the turkey got to him. I don't know. Like, like it just like like they fell asleep. I don't like. I don't know. It was. By the end of the third period, like the first period, it was a lot of penalties back and forth. They couldn't get into a groove. They couldn't get any motion going. They couldn't get any momentum. And then like Sarnik scores that goal and it kind of frees up a little bit. But then like the second period, two penalties called against them. One was Cross. And then the other one was uh, Manitoba. Brad Lambert served it for too many men on ice. And it really freed up. But it just third period, three penalties, two on Grand Rapids, one on Manitoba. Well, I mean, it was weird. First of all, there was 14 minutes of penalties called in this game in the first period. There was six minutes of penalties called five minutes into the game. Um, the The ref was really inconsistent in the calls tonight. You'd see something get called, and you're like, okay, yeah, that's a that's a penalty, sure. And then you'd see something to that scale, if not worse, happen in front of you and no call. And then a trip happens that looked like the guy stepped on the player's stick and fell. Like it was just very inconsistent. Like I'm glad to see calls and power play opportunities existing, but like if the goal here for the officials to pad the stats of how many power plays the Griffins have allowed, since this has been pointed out, uh, like make them legitimate, like just don't just be consistent. Jesus. But at the end of the day, Griffins went 0 for 6 in the power play. That's the reason they lost this game. 
Yeah. But it's not anything else other than they went over six on the power play. That's how they lost this game. They had the opportunities. Sure, we hit oh, the post yeah. a couple times, but yeah. The and interesting thing too on this is that it's the same referee. The two the main two referees for this game was the same as the same two as Friday's game. But I yeah, felt like just they the played, lines been changed. Yeah, I feel like they played they called two different games though. But I mean in both games the Griffins get six power play opportunities and Manitoba got four tonight and three the night before. The difference was difference Friday was Manitoba went 0 for three. Tonight they went one for four. Friday we went two for six. Tonight we went zero for six. That's the difference in this game. Special teams has got to start clicking a little bit more on the power play. Like if they're doing okay, the way they're doing right now, that's what costs them games. Yeah. We can't have that. We can't. The one thing that I want to touch on though on this is you told me that their Manitoba's power play was ranked number one in the AHL coming into this. Yeah, game. going into this game. Yep. And the Griffins killed six out of seven. Yeah. Penalty kill looks great. Penalty kill looks was fantastic. We yeah, just sorry, hit... I didn't say special teams. I should say power play. <laughs> yeah. I I think that aspect is great. We called it out the, the penalties are just not evening out. Is it evened out now? I, I haven't I haven't checked that yet, but uh I will I'm, look sure, I'm sure it's getting closer. It has to. <laughs> Forty eight. Rockford's got leading our division with 62. Yeah. I'll go league real quick. We're still 30th out of 32 for power play opportunities. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's going to take it's going to take games where we get 10 opportunities a game to catch up to other teams. The way this team started in a hole, what? We're talking two weeks ago, they only had 16. Right. And now back to back. Again? back uh, we're at 48. So and back to back games of six. Yeah. I'm pretty sure in the Chicago, or not the Chicago game, the last Texas game too. I'm pretty sure we had a couple, but yeah, man, it's you when you start finally seeing power play opportunities come, and it's a game lose by one and we don't convert. Oh, it hurts. It stings. But there's still that wraps the weekend right there for the Griffins. Griffins win one, lose one um, against a division opponent, and we come out of the weekend right below them in the standings now. So. Not what you want to see. You, We need to start st- stringing some games together. We need to get some points, especially... like I was even hoping just to go overtime. I mean, that's not ideal, but we need the points. God, I would have taken an overtime over this. I mean, yeah, just say we need points. We're 28th out of 32 in the league right now. It's not good. 15 games in, sure, but... That's uh, that's not a pretty number to look at. I mean, divisional at least. You know, we're not last in the division, but we're still only two points ahead of Chicago, who we play on Wednesday. We're yet Hopefully. again a Wednesday game against Chicago becomes extremely crucial. Yeah, well, from more ways than one. One, we need the winning Wednesday to continue. But Chicago's, I mean, they've been turning it around too, though, haven't they? We're starting to click a little more, but yeah, I mean. They're they're four and nine. We're five. Eight, or sorry, they're four and nine and one and one. We're five eight one and one. Yep, because that's what I had on my my predictions for the season. 
Oh, man. Anyways, final thoughts on the weekend before we head to an ad break. Um, I mean, some things we called out were just power, like penalty opportunities. Now we're getting them. We now got to convert on them. You know, um, we're lit. We're limiting the amount of shots that are on net, which is good. And we're getting more shots on net. We just need to bury those. I think the big thing is we still need somebody in front of the net, like cleaning up rebounds. And I think they're still working on like the passing. The turnovers were better this weekend. I don't know about I don't know about today's goals because while they were scoring, I was bidding on jerseys. (laughs) So yeah, I I couldn't watch the goals that because they got three of them right in that second period. Yeah, two of them in that second period on our end, and I I wasn't able to pay attention. So I don't know if they I don't think they were off of turnovers. I don't believe so, from what I remember. I don't think they were in our end and they were turned over. So, I mean, that's gotten cleaned up. That's gotten better. It's just, we just need to capitalize a little bit better. But I'm not freaking out. I think if we don't have a couple wins strung together by, like, December, I feel like it's still going to be one of those, you know, trying to get the everything to gel. I think by January, if we're not starting to go on a, like, some good win streaks, tied together, then I think it's time to panic. I'm going to say they got five more games to start gelling, and then string some stuff together from there. At the 20-game mark, they should be gelling pretty well. And then maybe see you know a one- and two-game win win streak <laughs> back-to-back here. That would be nice. That's what I'm yeah. looking for. I'm not screaming for you know the end of the season already or anything like that, but I'm definitely frustrated. Yeah, I'm frustrated. Like if I, I told you on Friday, if they don't make the playoffs this year, at first I was like, if they don't win this game on Friday, I'm probably not going to re-up season tickets. Basing it off that one Friday. <laughs> yeah, on Friday. That, and they, I don't know. I just woke up in a weird mood too. And then they won and I was like, okay, this was the best way I've seen them play. They weren't standing still in the power play. They were moving around. They were cycling the puck. They were getting, they were, their passes were crisp. They were clean. They were going to the right person. Somebody was actually there to receive the pass. Like these are big things, and yeah. they won. And now I'm like, okay, cool. And like here we are. We're gonna start. And then they lay an egg today. And I'm just like, come on. If the, if they don't make the the playoffs this year, then I I probably will not do season tickets again next year. It's the most talented roster I've seen on this team in quite a long time, based on prospect talent. And uh, and veteran leadership too is on there. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not starting off the way I pictured it. But no. hockey's a weird sport, and a lot of things could happen. And who knows? Maybe we could find two Amisto, and maybe he'll play. <laughs> you know, hashtag where's Tua? Did he play both games opening weekend? I think so. Those are the first. Those are the only two games that we won in a row. I'm not saying. Where's Tuo? Where's Tuo? But I'm kind of starting to ask and wonder what happened here. Like I'm genuinely concerned. Like is he if he's injured? Like we need. I I, I want to know because the guy hasn't played. He's played two and games. The first two games of the season. <laughs> like like did he either? He's injured or he pissed off Dan Watson somehow. <laughs> 
But even at that point, like send him down to Toledo. He's got to be injured. He's got to. It's the only thing I can think of. I hope somebody can like, we need to reach out to our, our insiders and figure out. We need to get an answer on this. I'm at the point of putting up. You know what? I'm going to go on a hunt Wednesday. I'm going to find him. Can you please show up to the arena with miss like wanted or missing posters and put Tuo's face on there? And like his stats, like please, like I think that would be hilarious. Just put them up around the arena. Where's two? Totally show? should. Totally uh, should. And please contact Hockey Town West <laughs> if you know his whereabouts and where he's at. Yeah, follow follow the podcast Twitter. I will uh, do a scavenger hunt for two Misto there when I'm there Wednesday. Yeah, that'd be fun. He's a big guy. He shouldn't be hard to miss. No, he's huge. He's like six two, six three. Like he's he's yeah. a tall guy. So who knows? Yeah. Again. Thinking he's injured. But anyways, anything else to wrap for the ad break? No. Okay, cool. We'll send it over to Raycon and DraftKings. Shout out DraftKings. I made some money on Thanksgiving. Did you really? I did. What'd you make? That's private information. (laughs) But uh, no, I hit a couple touchdown predictions and I missed my bigger, probably my biggest payout of the year. Uh, Because Christian McCaffrey didn't catch 20 more yards. But, you know. Wow. Is what it is. But anyways, ad break time. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. This weekend, we've got the big game. Michigan versus Ohio State. Michigan, if you take the spread, is minus three and a half points. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 Connecticut, help is available for Problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restriction terms and responsibly game gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the NHL of the National Hockey League at copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserve. This holiday season is always chaotic with the amount of NHL games, AHL games, and football, and just our crazy schedule in between. Maybe too early to start decorating for the holidays, but it's never too early to start your holiday shopping. Why not take care of it now before the crowds and packed calendars make shopping a total nightmare, especially when you can get some of the best deals of the season well before Black Friday. You can shop Raycon products right now and save up to 50% off because of their early Black Friday sale that's going on now. Raycon first made a name for themselves in the audio space with products like Everyday Earbuds, known for delivering high quality and thoughtful features like a 32-hour battery life and a perfect in-ear fit for all-day wear and lasting comfort. And this past year, they expanded their entire business with the introduction of Raycon Home and Raycon PowerTech. The one item that I'm going to be looking forward to is their faucet filter. Ultra filters the water in your tap against chlorine and heavy metals. It's a must-have for ensuring the water you can use to wash your face and brush your teeth is, you know, actually clean. Raycon is known for delivering high-quality and thoughtful features at half the price of other premium tech brands. No wonder their products have racked up tens and thousands of five-star reviews. To get everyone in the holiday shopping spirit a bit early, Raycon is currently offering 20% off everything on their site with select products up to 50% off. So beat the crowds and save now. Trust me, you do not want to miss out on Raycon's early Black Friday sale. Hurry now to buy Raycon.com slash 
slash THPN to get 20 to 50% off site-wide. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score up to 50% off Raycon product. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. So, let's talk about a team that doesn't make us pull our hair out as much. Detroit? No, they still make me pull my hair out sometimes. Not this past couple, not these past three games. Mr. 3-0 since they came back from Sweden, you know. Oh, wait, were you talking about the Lions? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That'll make me pull my hair out, too. Um, no, good old Toledo Walleye. We've had three games since we last recorded. How is yeah. T-Town doing? What are the vibes, well, Brandon? The vibes, from what I can see, what I've watched. I have watched a couple. I watched uh, one of these games. No, two. I watched Wednesday, and I watched Saturday. Um, so the vibes were better. The vibes seem good from what I can see, but I mean, standings wise, they're still they're third in the West. Which, uh, who's above them in the conference? You got Idaho, Kansas City, and then Toledo with Iowa right behind them, uh, just one point back. So, geez, Idaho, top of the top. Six is pretty close, except that Idaho, Idaho's got eight more points than Toledo right now. So, how many more games have they played? They have played two more games. Okay. So, uh, Toledo's got two games in hand on them. Uh, Toledo is leading their the central division though, um, but again, I was right behind them there, and Fort Wayne's not far behind either. So the way that the way that division goes right now, Toledo, Iowa, Fort Wayne, Wheeling, Cincinnati, Kalamazoo, and then Indy all the way at the bottom where they belong. Um, good old fuel. Good old fuel. So the fish have these three games here. I'm going to try to rattle them off as quick as possible. Talk a little bit about some of the stuff we've heard some, from some of our Toledo fans that we talked to on Twitter and all that stuff. And then we'll go from there. So Toledo played Wheeling. At Wheeling on Wednesday, uh, this was November twenty second, and Toledo does drop this one four to two. John Lethman gets to start in this one, stops thirty or stops twenty seven to thirty one. Um, goals for the walleye in this one: Craig's gets one and Blitz gets one. That was Craig's eighth goal of the season with Willits and Lewandowski assisting, and Blitz is third of the season with Farrell and Hawkins assisting. So. Nothing too crazy from that one. Toledo did outshoot Wheeling in this one, 35-31, but Wheeling kind of took over in the third period here, outshooting them 10-6 just in the third period alone. So not the Fish's best game by any means. The offense was quiet, and the goaltending was shaky, which which is kind of the the words that we hear a lot when we talk to people from Toledo. It's goaltending shaky, but the offense uh, makes up for it pretty big. Still firing. Yeah, so they dropped that game. That one, that kind of sucks. But then they go to play Kalamazoo in the Huntington Center on Black Friday, right? Thinking, okay, Kalamazoo, guys near the bottom of the division right now. They remembered their jerseys for this game. <laughs> Proud of them. This was a tight game, though. Kalamazoo does take this game four to three, unfortunately. Uh, Bednar gets the start in this one, stopping 17 to 21. Not a Great night for him. Wasn't tested too much and had a shaky night. The walleye did put up quite a few bit, quite a few more shots than Kalamazoo in this one. 39 to 21 uh, with a Ouch. 19 to 5 shot second period. 
uh, and the fish still dropped this one, unfortunately. Kalamazoo goes two for three on the power play. Walleye only went one for five, which is really, really rare to see the walleye only go one for five on a power play at home. We don't we don't no. see that very often at all. Not I don't not a lot of free chili. No free chili. <laughs> uh, goals for the good. Uh, goals for the walleye in this one here. Uh, all came in the second period from Lewandowski, who got his third of the season. Alexander Doucette, first game back from injury, gets a goal, gets his fourth of the season, uh, assisted by Greesock and Farrell. Uh, and then Jake Willits gets his second of the season, assisted by Lewandowski and Hawkins. So that's kind of the storyline for that one here. Chippy game, quite a bit of penalties. But, yeah, fish got two in a row on this one. Was this the game they were dropping those turkey hats from the ceiling? Yes. Yes. It happened, I think, during the first intermission. I had not seen any videos from it. Uh, this is crazy. I don't understand how they could just drop them from the ceiling and everybody gets one. I don't think everybody gets one. Oh. Time to like put that. your fists up for a turkey hat, buddy. No, I'm kidding. I don't. I don't. I don't know how it goes. I mean, I think it said like 2,500 turkey hats, and I see the attendances are 8,300 for this game. So, yeah. Some but, people aren't coming back to the Huntington Center. They got kicked out for a fight over a turkey hat. They probably didn't throw them in the ice, still though. No. Oh, <laughs> um. Next game though was yesterday, uh, the 25th. Toledo heads to Fort Wayne to take on the Comets and win six to four. So you can kind of see what I talked about earlier—that trend of shaky goaltending, but the offense continuing to outproduce. That seems to seems to be carrying forward and becoming more and more true each game. They might benefit from a guy like you know Auntie Tuavisto or whatever. You know he might he might be able to help them out. A, a big solid defenseman. Yeah, you know who who needs that right? But yeah, yeah, while I win this one six to four, out shooting Fort Wayne 36-24. John Lethman got the start, stops 20 of 24. Parks stops 30 of 35 while I dig an empty netter. Goals for this one. I'm gonna try to get through this quick here because Fort Wayne came out and scored three goals to start this game. They scored two in the first and then one 15 seconds into the second. And then the walleye just took over. Um so Trenton Bliss gets his fourth of the season with Hawkins and McCourt assisting. That's on the power play. Fish went one for one on the power play. Sorry, they went two for two on the power play. Fish went two for two on the power play. Much better night here. Uh, Indy or Fort Wayne went one for one. So Bliss got that one. Cullen gets his third of the season assisted by Mr. Alexander Doucette, uh on the score sheet again. Second game back from injury. Trenton Bliss gets his fifth of the season and second of the night with McCourt and Cruz assisting on that one. That was the other power play goal. So Bliss has got both power play goals in this game. Uh, and then just two minutes later, you know, Bliss thought, hey, I'll get a hat trick and scores his sixth of the season. And Mr. Trenton Bliss gets his like, first hattie as a walleye. Someone correct me if I'm wrong, but that sounds correct. And sounds the assist fair. on that one was Brandon Hawkins. And then our boy Riley Sawchuk gets his third with the walleye. Assisted by Greesock and Doucette again. So Doucette with two points in this game. Riley gets his third goal. Things are looking up for these guys that we need to always have at the ready to give them a call up to Grand Rapids. And then uh, Fort Wayne does get a goal in there. 18 minutes, nine seconds into the third. But Hawkins said, hey, uh, we want one more. He gets the empty netter. 
uh, his 11th of the season with Lewandowski assisting on that one. So interesting weekend for the fish. They uh, scored a lot of goals. Yeah, the I want to pull this up. This is kind of this is interesting based off of what we saw last year with Toledo and then what we're kind of seeing again this year with Toledo. So Bednar's played seven games in that. Letham's played seven games in that. Bednar has five wins. Letham has four wins. Goals against average, you got 3.06 for Bednar. Letham has got 3.45. So pretty close. Save percentage. Pretty close. 0.874 for Bednar. 0.862 for Lethemann. So Bednar's playing a little bit better save percentage. A little bit better on goals against. Uh, losses. Bednar has one. Lethemann has two. Now, saves that they've had. Bednar has 175 saves. Lethemann has 174. How many shots against? No, that's how many shots against. Oh, 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 oh. Shots against is 175. Letham has 174. Goals against, Bender has 22 and Letham has 20, 24. They're like split down the middle, like so even. It's that's so strange to see like oh. saves almost the exact, or shots against almost the exact. And it's just one more goal, like two more goals Letham has given up so far. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty crazy because when you look at goal differential just in this, let's say, this conference alone, uh, Toledo has the second highest goals for uh, Idaho at 81 and Toledo 66. Uh, Idaho, Jesus. Uh, But the goals against, you got Toledo, sorry, goals against Toledo's Third, fourth best in the league with goals against at 47 or not in the league in that conference. So they, they're scoring more goals than they're going against them. They're just, it's just some of these games, some nights aren't working out. And now mind you, I just rattled off a three game stretch for the Toledo walleye where they lost two games. And you're thinking, you said this isn't a team that pulls your, it wants me, makes me want to pull my hair out. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause they're still nine and three on the season. Two of those three losses I just talked about. <laughs> they're still nine three one and one i mean it, you're gonna have little streaks here where these things don't go your way for sure i mean one of those games they lost by a goal um it, it it's okay the goaltending definitely could be could be stronger maybe the defense could tighten up a little bit but at the same time the fish are 14 games in they got 20 points they're second in the conference or sorry third in the conference but what more can you ask for? I'm not complaining. Yeah. If we were getting this in Grand Rapids, I would be stoked. God, man, I don't, every episode would be sunshine and rainbows at this point. I mean, no, we'd still find something to complain about, but... <laughs> yeah, but it would be like arena stuff. Like, we still have a new scoreboard or something like that. It wouldn't be the team. Yeah. Or where two is. Fu- where two o is. <laughs> It's so strange. He exists. I, I know he he's real. He's a real person, right? I mean, I haven't seen him since training camp. So, <laughs> goodness. Um, but yeah, anything you want to wrap on the walleye there, sir? Before we just talk real quick about the AHL league standings. No, I mean Riley came down. There, there's 
been some good stuff about Riley Sawchuk. Just you know, we we signed this kid out of the uh, the Canadian Hockey League last year, and he still put up points over in uh, Toledo. He was up here in Grand Rapids for a little bit last year at the end of the season, and he was doing well up here. So to see him still having a good attitude and putting points together down in the E, I mean that that's good news on our end. I mean, sometimes you see players coming from Detroit and get sent down to Grand Rapids and they have, you know, bad attitude or they're irritated or frustrated. But, uh, you know, now with Riley, he's he's producing and putting points up. And Trent, I mean, Trent Bliss, same thing. Trent Bliss played up quite, played a lot up here last year. Yeah. Put in the work I down think with those guys, I think they know where they're going to slot in in the organization. They know they're probably a long shot from the nhl obviously at their age but at the same time they know that griffins is a potential for them but also playing in the east east coast league you know it's okay and they are happy with that and they are just happy to be playing like riley's not sitting in the press box every night in grand rapids right now he's playing consistent games i mean what he's played six games now he's already played more down there than he's played with the griffins this season he's got three goals He's got to feel great about himself. I mean, he's right behind Kirill and points on the team right now for the walleye. And Kirill's played the whole season. That right there should make you feel good. You got guys like, yeah, like you said, Trenton Bliss too. He's at a point per game right now. 14 games played, 14 points, six goals, eight assists. He's only one point behind Sam Craggs with the walleye, who's been on fire this season. Hawkins is leading the team still. That's no shocker to anybody else. But yeah. I mean, they're they're getting offense from these guys. When I'm looking at team stats, there's a big there's a big difference between what I'm seeing in Grand Rapids and what I'm seeing in Toledo right now, and it's uh, goals. It's yeah, offense. We're just not fighting the back of the net. No, because I mean, very curious now that I say that out loud. Does this show me goals for and goals against? It does. Griffin's forty goals for so far this season in fifteen games. Now we're talking two different leagues here, but like Toledo has sixty-six goals in fourteen games. Well, the e, I mean, it's different. I know. Just yeah, the like, offense is what I'm the off the difference in offense is what I'm looking for here. I mean, Griffin's forty goals for fifty-one goals against. Say that again. Griffin's are forty goals for and fifty-one against. So we're a negative eleven goal differential. Good math, buddy. Coming from Flint, not great schools, but <laughs> I was able to yeah, do you that. You got one. it. <laughs> um, we are actually, you know what? Now that I said this, goals four, where do we rank in the league here? 28 out of 32. Oh, that's close. Goals against? Uh, goals four. What about like goals, goals scored? Oh, uh, God. Uh, I just want to point out before I jump to goals against that. Two of the four teams below us are in the same division. This division is so bad. Horn. Yeah, this Chicago division. is right below us at 49 goals for uh, Bridgeport Islanders at 38, Iowa Wild at 37. And oof, not that I want to drag the Edmonton organization further into the depths that they're already in, but 29 goals for in 12 games for the Bakersfield Contours. Oh, oh, oh all right. Goals against you asked. And I will deliver here. Goals against we rank. 
Where are we? 19th go, out of 32. Let's say you got to scroll down. <laughs> Show more. No, 19th out of 32 there. I know I scrolled all the way down and expected us to be there. <laughs> we weren't there. Uh, we've got one, two, two teams in our division with more goals against than us right now. And the Iowa Wild at 52 to our 51. And then Manitoba at 62. Manitoba's goal differential is 47 goals for 62 against. Just saying. Whoa. <laughs> They're having a tough season. I mean, this division, this division is the weakest in the entire A. It's the weakest for goals scored. Well, kind of, yeah, for the most part, and goals against, which is it's the tightest. It's one of the tighter divisions in the league. It's one of the more evenly matched ones. Like I look just at you know the North Division because that's where Cleveland plays in, and I'm looking at you know Rochester's in that division with 65 goals for and 72 against, and Laval at 63 goals for and 77 against. Like all those games in the North Division are barn burners, and ours are all low scoring or what? Low scoring, low low amount of penalties for each team. Because like even on when we look those up too, like. A lot of the teams in our division have the lowest amount of penalties for and against. Except it's for so Iowa. weird. Yeah, <laughs> this division's so weird. I don't understand it. Like, I really don't. We're we're catching up to the league though in penalty minutes. We're twelfth okay. in the league. Oh, that's not good. At uh, two hundred and thirty-three, Iowa still leads our division at two. 45. The Lehigh Valley Phantoms lead the league at 357. Well, we, we gained a lot just based off that Marley's game. There was, 40, oh there God, was 41 yeah. minutes in that last minute that were issued. So, I mean, that that's an outlier. They're also fourth in the league. The Marley's are. One of the most well-behaved teams in the league is the Texas Stars, who are leading our division. So, let's talk division real quick. Because uh, that's what we'll wrap this on here. Just a quick division standings update. And shocker, the Texas Stars, who beat us up and down the ice, are leading our division. 16 games played, nine wins, four losses. They got 21 points. But right behind them is a team I did not predict in the Rockford Ice Hogs. They are one point behind Texas. And you know who's right behind them? By one point, freaking Milwaukee. Milwaukee. When we with played two, them last, we were at the bottom of the division with them. And now they're third in the division. One, two points out of first place. I mean, everybody's still so close. Like, one good week will pop you right back up. Three games. Yeah. That's why, like, yeah, today I mean, was so crucial. We needed those two points to stay in, in some sort of a race. Yeah. It's, uh... It's crazy. So, yeah, that's the top three there. Fourth in division to Iowa. Fifth, Manitoba. Sixth, Grand Rapids. Seventh, Chicago. Um, Which we played like Chicago said, the top, Wednesday. Yep. The top three are separated by two points. 21, 20, and 19. Fourth through seventh Seven. is separated by four points. Iowa, 14. Manitoba, 14. Grand Rapids, 12. Chicago, 10. 
it's kind of crazy how close it is already. And I fear the one thing that I said I would scream my head off if it happens at the end of the season. If we miss this, if we miss the playoffs by one point from that puck incident, from the puck incident, you know what? You know I'm going to blow a gasket, as you should. Like, yeah, we won't. We won't think about that. It's not going to happen. But was that yeah, against Milwaukee? Possible. No, that was against Cleveland. Oh yeah, my bad. Yep, an out of division game, super super important. Yeah, division super tight again. We play Chicago, who's at the bottom of the division, and then we have two games against Manitoba this weekend. No, Milwaukee. <laughs> 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 Oh. <laughs> oh boy, it's been a long day. So <laughs> we have two games against Milwaukee this weekend. So what I was doing, we got Friday the first, and then we have uh Friday or Saturday the second. Um so I was just going back to to see when we played Milwaukee before, we won two one in Milwaukee. So um I mean hopefully they can start stringing some, you know, we can start stringing some games together. Um and we'll do we'll do an episode before we hit Milwaukee to kind of recap and preview and all sorts of stuff. And there's uh there's actually a couple events going on this weekend, next weekend for the games. Yeah, yeah. We will uh, we'll talk more about that, but we know Friday's game is the red kettle game. Yeah. So that's usually another another good one that usually fills the arena pretty well and usually has some cool jerseys for auction. I'm not as big of a fan of them this year, but you know. It is what it is. Until you see them, <laughs> we're not going to talk about that here. We don't. We don't. We don't talk about the those decisions we make here. What you're wearing we, tonight? We, we, <laughs> what's sitting behind you? Uh, don't worry about it. <laughs> exactly. So, good lord. Anyways, yeah, we have wolves in, in Milwaukee coming up. That'll be that'll be fun. We'll have that preview episode Thursday for those. We'll probably record it honestly after the game on Wednesday night. Oh, it's a what? It's a night game, Wednesday. Uh, this this winning Wednesday coming up. Yes, perfect. That is at cool. seven o'clock Wednesday night. Perfect. Yeah, I don't think they have any more of those weird matinee games through the rest of the season where the game starts at you know noon. I think we're done with those. I like that we got it out of the way early. So, oh, I lied. As I say, there's there's a few. That That's one's right. in Man- in Manitoba, though. Oh. Yep. But anyways, anything else you want to add for this week, sir? No, not, nothing that I want to add. Hope, dreams, wishes. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. Yes. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I did. And you know what? Honestly, it like it was exactly what I wanted. Low key. I only needed like four four things on the plate. <laughs> I was able to get all of them. <laughs> and it was a good bird. It was a good bird. It's a good bird. I'm very happy good. with how that turned out. Yeah, good work on that, sir. So uh, nice. yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was good. It was yes, different. I agree. It was different, but <laughs> yeah. Doing Thanksgiving yeah. at your place. But yeah. We made it work. <laughs> it was good. It was good. 
But yeah, I hope everyone else did have a good Thanksgiving and relaxing, hopeful, hopefully relaxing holiday weekend. I know I, I definitely did. I'm not ready to go back to work tomorrow. So me neither. I still got to turn around and edit this thing. So we will wrap it up. So thank you everyone for tuning in this week. Hope everyone has a wonderful week. Thank you to our awesome, awesome hosts, the Hockey Podcast Network, and our great sponsors, Raycon and DraftKings, and our Patreon listeners, Michael and Randy. Appreciate you guys. And, um, yeah, we will talk to you guys Thursday after the Griffins hopefully whoop the Chicago Wolves. But, everyone, have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Love you. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Hockeytown West podcast. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at HockeytownWPod and your host, Nick at GR Hockey Guy and Brandon at Brandon GR Hockey.